be here, everybody. It uh, feels kind of interesting that you are all so far away from me and all away from everybody else. But uh, it's cool, though, right, that we're able to still meet, gather. Um, for some reason, there's more girls here than boys. Uh, do, you, do you feel that, sisters, or is it just me? You feel that? I'm sorry. What's up? Where's your friends, guys? Uh, they're working, I guess. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing that about uh, abortion. Um, sounds like a good cause. Who here is 18 and registered to vote? Who here is 18? Raise your hand. A 18 and older. Yeah, 18 and older. Yeah, there you go. So it's about, looks like maybe 30, 40% of you. Um, you should all be registered to vote. And I think that this, uh, like, I think abortion is, I mean, I was a little bit, I'll, I'll confess, when I was in school, I was being brainwashed, but I'll tell you this, abortion is killing, it's straight up killing. Uh, aborted lives matter, for sure. Um, so please participate in that. I want to participate in that. My wife's over there. My, I got my whole family over there, except they're not 18. I brought two boys, by the way. They're super cute, by the way. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit, you know, young, but uh, yeah, very, very handsome boys. Um, I think this is their first time, too. You guys should take examples. Bring somebody new, all right? Bring somebody new. Um, so, as you already know, we're in this series of the uh, armor of God. And uh, it's, I think it's an awesome series, by the way. It's, it's, it's great. I, I, love, I love that scripture. Um, and all right. I love that scripture about the armor of God. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's awesome. I, I think it's awesome how it was used uh, to describe each piece of the armor and stuff. And uh, reading Ephesians 6 in the very beginning, I think that was great uh, to kind of prepare us for what we're going to hear today, what you already heard last week, right, and what you're going to continue to hear in the weeks to come. Um, there's a, a problem with uh, young people. When you get a little bit older, this problem is not as prevalent, I guess you could say, but it's still there. Um, but there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a, of a problem. I still have it because I'm still somewhat young, but I'm not too young. I actually have gray hairs on the side of my head. If you come up real close, um, it's like right here. It's like my wisdom. I, I, I cherish them. Um, so I do have that, but I'm still like fairly, fairly young. And that problem, and I don't know why, but it's so many of us have it. It's uh, we so often believe that something that we think, right, something that, that, that we think we know, and we believe that it is 100% true, that that what I understand, that what I have uh, uh, heard or that what I have uh, been convinced of, I believe this is a true. And the problem is, is that 
a lot of times there's people that are trying to tell you otherwise, and these people they have more experience, there's people that are older, most of the times they're, they're our parents, right? And for some reason, we still think that we are right, and the mistake that we make is that we think that what they know, well, really they actually don't know nothing, right? That's sometimes what we think. They, they don't know nothing, right? That what they, they don't really know the truth that I know, right? I know the truth. This is true. I know that I'm right. I know that I'm making the right decision because this is true, the truth. And what they, it's so, so. And you know, this is a problem also in um, Christian families. Uh, I believe in Christian families, the parents, they're actually like really, really smart and really know the truth. And they're trying to uh, really have a great effect on your life. So it's actually sometimes even more visible in Christian families where we sometimes re try to reject that, right? Because we believe that we know what is true. Um, I heard this story one time. It was about a very famous boxer. I, I forget exactly who the boxer was. I want to say it was Muhammad Ali, but I, I, I can't be certain. Uh, but he was an extremely famous boxer, really famous boxer. He was a really outgoing boxer, uh, you know, very entertaining. And this was like at the pinnacle of his career. You know, he was really, really good. He was probably one of the strongest, one of the best in the world. And uh, he goes on a plane. And he goes on a plane and he, was, he liked to entertain people. So in the plane, he was talking to people, entertaining everybody, and making sure everybody's having a good time. And uh, before the plane, you know, uh, you know kind of starts moving, like usual, the captain goes on and he says, uh, please fasten your seatbelts. So everybody starts to kind of quiet down and, and sit down. And, and, and this boxer also sits down and everybody's putting on their seatbelt. But he's a big guy. You know, he's strong. He's huge. Uh, he's not putting on his seatbelt. And there was this little old... Uh, flight attendant. Uh, I don't know if she, how old exactly she was, but she was a little bit older than him, definitely. Uh, not a little, but by much. And she comes up to him and she's like, excuse me, sir, uh, can you please put on your seatbelt? And he looks at her and he's, of course, responds kind of in a louder fashion. And he's like, do you know who I am? She's looking at him. She's not saying nothing. And he's like, I'm Superman. And he said this loud, so the rest of the plane is almost nodding with him, nodding with him. And this little old lady, she changes her tone with him. And she says, boy, I don't know who you are, but I know that Superman doesn't need a plane to fly. So sit down and put on your seatbelt. The belt of truth, right? Sometimes we need somebody to tell us what's really going on. The belt of truth. Let's look at the scripture one more time. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 14. I'm going to read it, kind of say a few commentaries, keep reading, all right? So here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God, 
So not only this belt that we're going to be talking about today, but it says to put on the whole armor of God, continuing on, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So don't think that, my commentary, so don't think that people have wronged you, right? Even when maybe somebody technically has wronged you, but it's because about the devil, what the devil is doing through those people, what the devil is doing through people that are not believers, don't know Jesus. It's the devil that is the true enemy, and it's the devil that has wronged you, right? So we don't need to focus and be mad at people, but our enemy is the devil, understand? Okay, so let's keep on going. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Again, the whole armor of God. So not only today's, but also the, in the weeks coming when you're going to be hearing about the rest of the armor. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore. I don't know if you've noticed. Little pause. I don't know if you've noticed, but Paul said stand like four or five or six times here, right? Not to fight, right? But to stand, right? I'm so confused when people say that they've been fighting the devil, right? I had this one guy. He came up to me, and he's like, man, at night, the devil came to me, and I fought him. And this guy's 100% true. Like, he's telling me the truth. And I believe that the devil maybe did come to him, and I believe that he did fight him. And I'm telling him, what were you doing fighting him? He's like, well, I had to fight him. I'm like, no, you didn't. You had to have the full armor of God on. See, if you have the whole armor of God, all we need to do is to stand firm. The devil comes and says, well, that guy's protected. I can't do nothing because Jesus already won the victory. He's the one that already actually fought and actually beat the devil. You, I don't know if you could actually beat him, but what you can do is the Bible says that you could stand firm, right? And that's only if you put on the full armor of God. I said it a little bit nicer, though, to this guy, but I'm really happy that, uh, that he's not in this kind of what we could say in Russian, right? that he's not lost. Because there is people that are a little bit lost and they do think that they're supposed to battle the devil and sometimes have a physical battle with the devil when we could call upon the name of Jesus. Sorry to sidetrack a little bit. I just wanted us to, make, to, to understand that, that it says stand, right? Verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. We'll finish right there. Because that's what we're going to be talking about, right? So, the belt of truth. What exactly is this belt, right? It's not a seatbelt in the plane, right? What exactly is this belt of truth that uh, Paul is talking about here when he's talking about the full armor of God, right? He's looking at a warrior and he saw this belt that the warrior's wearing. Why use that, right? Some historians, well, most historians, this is from my research that I've done, uh, that the belt was one of the first pieces of armor that was put on uh, a warrior. Some say it was the last, but I actually believe this theory a little bit more, that it, was the la that it was the first piece of armor to be put on, right? And Paul maybe knew that, and that's why he said that. He mentioned it as one of the first things, right? So 
they have another thing that they put on, right? They have this tunic, right? This man dress, right? And, and, and it's very flowy. It's, you know, you don't, it's like, you know, in a kind of in a relaxed state, right? It's just kind of all over the place, right? So when they had this man dress, right? So it wouldn't get in the way of them doing warrior things because girls know you can't really fight in a war, in a dress, right? You can't fight, right? You can't fight in a dress. You know, come on. No, just kidding. <laughs> So you can't really fight in a dress, right? You can't even stand firm in a dress because you're wearing a dress. Come on. Nobody's going to take you seriously, dude, in a dress. So the warrior would put on this belt, right, above this tunic. And this belt would kind of hold the tunic in place so that it wouldn't sway around, so that it wouldn't uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, be in the way of, of doing, you know, warrior things, right? Um. And interesting that some historians say that, 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 the belt, that the belt of a warrior was something that a warrior wore throughout the entire day. And if they were sometimes even preparing for, for battle, this is not in the Bible, this is just, I'm just kind of adding this from what I've, 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 I've researched. When, when they would actually even uh, uh, be preparing for battle, they would actually pretty much only sleep with the piece of the armor, they would only sleep with the belt on because it was sometimes the most comfortable you know that's what they would sleep on that i mean they would sleep with that on because they would have to put that on then they would have to put their you know sword holder thing on and their sword and and their, and their best and their uh, breastplate would have to attach to that uh, belt so that's why they would always wear the belt because i would save them some time and it would still be somewhat comfortable and uh you can't do that with any other part of the armor actually Maybe with the sandals a little bit. But the, 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 the belt is extremely unique, right? It's extremely unique. And uh, one historian said that it was the foundation of a warrior. The belt was the foundation of the armor. And I believe that's true today, that this scripture today speaking to us about the belt of truth, it is the foundation out of our armor. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is this foundational belt. This belt of truth is Jesus. To put on the belt of truth, it means to put on Jesus. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 verses 12 through 14. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off all the works of darkness... And put on the armor of light. Again, referring back to the armor of God there. Let us walk properly as in daytime, right? Again, in the light, right? Uh, not in orgies or drunkenness. Not in sexual immorality or I, I always suck at pronouncing that word, so I'm not going to say it. Not in quarreling or jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for flesh to gratify its desire. 
Again, I'm going to repeat myself so you remember. The belt of truth is Jesus Christ. To put on Jesus is to put on this belt of truth. This belt of truth, when you put it on, it means to come into the light. As we have read, the night is far gone. Walk like it is in daytime. So it means to walk in light. It means that this belt is light. If Jesus is light, then we put this on and we are now in the light. We put on Jesus. See, when we're able to put on Jesus, we're able to see who we are. We're able to see who we were. The Bible calls us to come into the light, right? It tells us to turn away from darkness, to cast all our dark deeds away. It calls us to walk in the light and leave no room for fleshly desires. Because if you're walking in the light, there's no room for fleshly desires. So when we have this belt of truth, when we have this belt of truth, we have a light in our lives. And that's extremely, extremely important. It's extremely important, especially in a young person's life, I believe. It is so important. important. Because in darkness, when somebody lives in darkness, that is where there are lies. Right? If it was completely 100% dark in here, right? 100% darkness. You can't even see the palm of your hand. You cannot see who's standing up here, right? If I changed my accent a little bit, practiced a little bit, uh, and if I said, right, if I was able to sound like an Asian woman doing your nails, right? If I was able to say that I'm an Asian girl wearing pink with a unicorn hoodie on or something like that. I don't know. I'm not like stereotyping. I'm sorry. But you would have no choice if my accent fit and everything like that. You would have no choice but to say, yeah, that's probably who's there. If I said I was Superman and there was complete darkness, you'd be like, yeah, maybe that guy's wearing a Superman costume. Maybe he is Superman. I don't know. Because there would be complete darkness. I could tell you pretty much anything about myself and you wouldn't know if it was true because you could see me. You could see who I am. And so when we have on the, uh, on, 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 on the belt of truth, when we have Jesus on, we have this light. And when you have this light, you can't easily be fooled. You can't easily be lied to. No matter what's going on around you, you, if you have Jesus on, you're in the light. You know the truth. You know what homosexuality really is. You know how many genders there really are. I know I'm going to the extremes, but I want to make a point, right? You know these things, right? You know what abortion really is, right? You know that sexual activity before marriage, what it really is. Nobody could fool you in believing otherwise because you know the truth. You're in the light. But many people are living in complete darkness. And I use an extreme, but these things could be very, very simple. See, the best part about putting on the belt of truth, 
putting on Jesus, putting on light, is you know who you truly are. See, when we're in darkness, people and the devil, they could lie to you, right? If it was completely dark in here, right? They could say, oh, you're bleeding. You're hurt, right? They could say, you know, you're a loser. You're ugly. You're worthless. Nobody likes you. They could go to another extreme. You're the best of the best, man. You're perfect. Don't change anything about yourself. You're Superman. When it's dark, you think that this other person, or, or, or you're hearing these voices that are coming into your head, and you think, okay, maybe that is truth. Because you're in darkness. You do not know who you are. See, but when we put on the belt of truth, when we come into the light, we know who we are. Yes, we are a shameful sinner, guilty of death, right? That's true. But we then know that we are also a child of God, beautifully and perfectly created. Each and every one of you is a masterpiece, somehow mirroring the image of God. Isn't that incredible? That's what truth does. That's what truth does. I like how uh, the leaders, they, your youth leaders, how they uh, subtitled this sermon, right? Belt of truth, we can see through Satan's lies by holding them against the truth. One of the biggest mistakes that a young person could make in their life or anybody in their life, one of the biggest mistakes that you could make is believing and living a lie in your life. And I'm not over-exaggerating. This is one of the biggest mistakes that you could make. You know how I know? Because Adam and Eve, they believed one mistake, and it affected, they, they believed one lie, and that mistake just corrupted the entire planet, right? The lie, you will not die if you eat of this fruit, right? That's what the devil said. You will not die. Instead, you'll be like God. They believed that lie, and that lie cost everybody so many things, right? The crazy thing about all this, though, too, is that when somebody's living in a lie, and I experienced this because especially like uh, when I was maturing, like, you know, when I was very young in my maturity with Christ, uh, I learned this, that if somebody's living a lie, right, if somebody's really living a lie in their life, there's really nothing that you could say. There's really nothing that you could do that will persuade them otherwise because they're living in darkness. Why would they believe you 
if they're living in darkness, if they cannot see for themselves what's really going on. Right? I remember there was, uh, I was um, uh, doing tutoring in uh, math, like a math tutor center in TCC. And uh, there was a math tutor there that was homosexual. And me, you know, being, you know, young, being just, you know, like, just hyped for God. Man, I would be preaching to this guy every day, like 30 minutes a day. Like every day I would be telling him so many things. And nothing, like literally for a year, nothing changed him. Nothing changed him. I, I was not able to uh, communicate with him any further. We just separated. But none of that changed him. And I was telling him about how bad it was, how wrong it was, how unnatural it was, when really what I forgot that all I needed to do was to bring him into the light, right? That's really what people need when they're living a lie, when they're living in darkness. They really just need light. They really just need a light. And if we have that light on us, we carry that light with the things that we do, with the words that we say. And we don't have to be the best, uh, you know, arguer. We don't need to be the best debater, right? Better to say. You don't need to be the best debater here, right? All you need to do is be a carrier of that light and not be ashamed to let that light shine. When we don't have that light on us, right? Or when we try to close it up, right? When we don't allow that light to shine, the devil begins to lie to us and we begin to believe those lies. I know we talked about pretty like, you know, horrible sins here today, but, but, it, but it could be simple. It could be so simple, right? I could get angry. Do you see what he did to me? Of course I could get angry. No, you can't. You're a child of God. If you have Jesus living in you, how can you be angry? Anger is sinful. It's unpleasing to God. Lies, deceitfulness, slandering words, sexual immorality. These are sins that God hates. How can we tell ourselves otherwise when these are sins that God hates? The reason we could tell ourselves otherwise is because we cover up that light when we're among our friends. We cover up that light where we're in a circle of people that also are covering up the light. We don't let our belt be showing. And so then at that moment, we're in this darkness. We're in this darkness. So ask yourselves today, do I even have that belt of truth on? Do I have this around my waist, around my man dress, or do I still have this man dress that's getting in my way? I can't do nothing. Yes, you can do nothing because you are living in darkness. You need that belt of truth. And then have you been covering up that belt of truth? Maybe you've had it on before, but you've been covering it up. I don't know if I've shared this with you before. Um, talking about abortion. 
I believe I've shared it with a group. I don't know if it was with youth or not, but there was a moment in my life. I was in school. My kind of, I wasn't coming to youth actually as 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 often as I should have been, uh, because you know school got me busy. I would spend sometimes like till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning at school studying when I was going there. And my priorities kind of got all messed up, right? I was born again Christian. And I was, it was actually a Christian college too. And I was in a group of people and they were extremely pro-abortion. They'll be talking about this all the time and, you know, always mentioning this and kind of talking about how wrong it is that people don't allow women to choose and stuff. And being around this for so long, being around people that are dark, I was not allowing my light to shine. And I actually believed that maybe abortion was okay. What really changed my life and really brought so much light into me is, uh, I'm not crying. I don't have coronavirus either. I just have really bad allergies. But when I became a father, So this lie stuck around me for a while. What I'm trying to say here is that if you don't allow your truth, this belt of truth, if you do not allow Jesus to shine in the darkest of places, If you're not entrenched in Jesus, if Jesus is not on you, if your priorities change in your life because you're going through something in your life, I'm, praise God that I'm here today, that I'm serving still and all that, but it could change your life if you do not have the belt of truth. This foundational part of the armor. And if you do not allow this belt of truth to shine, and shine bright, you could be in a very, very bad place. I don't really know your lives. I I, I don't know your thoughts. I don't know the lies that you believe. What I do know is that if you truly come to Jesus though, if you truly put him on you, he will shine light into your lives. And you will be able to see all those lies that you were believing. All those lies that you were believing, maybe somebody has been telling them to you. All those lies maybe that you have been telling yourself you will see it clearly in your life. You will understand that this was wrong. You will understand that this was a lie. 
And that light will bring you to repentance. Amen? We're going to pray here right now. I don't know, do, do, do we stand up or do we go on our knees when we pray? What do we do? Yeah. So we're going to be going on our knees here in a few, in, in a few minutes. But what I want you guys to think about, what I want you to think about, is do I have this belt of truth on? Do I have this light in my life? Or am I still confused about, is that a sin? Is that not a sin? Is what I'm doing really that bad? Is really what I'm thinking that bad? Maybe it's okay because he said it, she said it, they said it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to the Father. There is only one Jesus. There is only one truth. Someone has to be wrong. If you're unsure if it's wrong or right in your life, the light of Jesus Christ will allow you to understand. The light of Jesus Christ will allow you to see. Do you understand that? This is incredible. This is incredible to think that there is a light out there that could be shined, shined into my life. That could, could change me. Tonight, I want you to think, do you have that belt of truth on? Brothers and sisters, please. Me being as... I could say your friend. I don't want you to go to darkness. I don't want you to be in a dark place. I don't want you to be lied to. Let us go to our knees and pray.